Hello and welcome to Magic Self and Spirit Podcasts. I'm Steve from Magic Self and Spirit, one of the co-owners. I do the clairvoyant services. I'm a chaos magician, an author and a teacher. We've created a number of courses and a number of podcasts and written a number of books. What is chaos magic? The answers to this kind of question really would depend on which chaos magicians you're talking to. It would look at it from that whole point of view of it's a system almost with no rules. But there is an area where pretty much every chaos magician would agree, and that is... It's a way of defining reality, and it defines reality as an illusion. It says that if you look at any system, any way of understanding, any reality, anything at all, actually, it's both real and not real at the same time. Now, let me explain. It's about polarity. There is a system that came out of ancient Greece from Hermes. It's believed to have also come out of ancient Egypt because it was believed that Hermes was Thoth, the god Thoth. But anyway, seven hermetic principles and within those seven hermetic principles is the principle of polarity. It says that everything has its polarity. So therefore, everything is polarity and duality. So if one thing's true, so is its opposite. Everything expresses itself as a pair of opposites. Good, bad, right, wrong. Like, unlike. Happy, sad. Free. Prisoner. Earthbound. Spiritual freedom. All of these things are true in one kind of go. That as soon as you're one, you are automatically the other. And then there's what they call the principle of rhythm, where basically reality flows from one polarity to another, depending on whatever polarity you set up. Now, if you look at most systems, most magical systems, most religious systems, and indeed most religious magical systems, they really come down to based on this is good, this is bad, this is what you should think. This is what you should believe. There's some kind of obligation in there. And they all fall down at that point. Because as soon as you look at what is true and stick to this idea as truth, as a permanence, its opposite is also true. And for me, as a practicing chaos magician, that's exactly how I understand all of it. So... I use this balance as part of my magic. I use the idea of truth as part of my magic in order to make it work. So as an individual human being, stepping back from being the magician, I may know that something isn't entirely true. I may know that something isn't 100% true, but I can use a belief of its truth to use a system to create magic without having to necessarily follow the system. Now, we've been doing a lot of research around doing um, writing our ninth book at the moment, 
um, were in the process of writing or just starting really in that sense and the thing that stands out for example is the research that I do around it so we're working on this idea of reaching your potential and we're using it in the context of some magic and ancient Norse magic. Healing in the idea of reaching your highest potential, not healing necessarily in the idea of getting rid of back pain or whatever, yeah? Although I'm not saying they're exclusive. And when you do the research, if you look at it from the point of view of membership of a particular spiritual system, magical system, religious belief, the starting point is the only way you can do magic is if you believe X, Y, and Z. If you only practice in there, if you only stay in there, but I don't ever experience that being true. I understand that that may be part of a system for a religion or a right-hand path kind of magic, but the difference is as I'm working a system, as I'm doing the magic, at that moment in time, it is 100% true. I pin myself to one of the polarities. And I also understand that the extremes of the polarities are circular. They're yin and yang, they define each other. So everything that's true ultimately is only half true. It's all a matter of degrees and it's all a matter of where I position myself. So I'm not trying to impress on you that somehow chaos magic is only is about dualism because the very fact as a chaos magician that I see it all as illusion and therefore all true, I've taken a third place that's transcended that in the way that the religions and the other forms of magic can do as well. So applying this area, chaos magic holds that if everything is real, nothing is real must also be true. So in order to engage, let's say, a Norse god, let's say in order to engage Odin, at that moment of evocation, to bring in Odin, to bring in all his power into my magic at that moment in time, Odin is absolutely real. Yet at the same time, Sure, using the ideas and experiences of my ancestors, your ancestors, whatever. But at the same time as Odin being absolutely real, I am creating Odin in that moment from nothing. And that's the place of the Chaos Magician. But I put that thought aside. I suspend that thought. Like an actor on the stage, I suspend reality in order to engage with the part that I'm doing at that moment in time. And that is the core of the magic because I tell a story to my unconscious mind and my unconscious mind loves stories like yours does. So everything that society holds as real, the chaos magician holds as an illusion. A very persistent illusion, as um, Albert Einstein talked about, but an illusion nonetheless. I think of everyday reality as malleable, able to be changed, transmuted and shaped to the will of the magician. And given that, whatever the problem, magic is the answer. Whatever the obstacle, magic is the answer. And even if the magic is the recognition of giving no energy to the obstacle, that is still a magical act by its very recognition. As 
the magician Peter Carroll, who is considered to be, you know, the father or certainly one of the fathers of chaos magic, put it, nothing is real. Therefore, everything is permissible. Now, there's a very, very powerful place with this polarity, with this way of thinking, with this way of being, that actually sets up another duality. The duality to be and the duality to take action. Taking action obviously is one approach to magic and a very important one. But there's also a place to be. Now I'm going to talk a little bit about masks later on, but in the context of what I'm saying is there's a place to be where I strip all masks, all masks of personality, all masks that says I am this because it's always an illusion and always true at the same time. So stripping via meditation, every single mask, everything that defines you as unique, everything that defines you completely takes you into this place of being, which is obviously pure creation. Because if you're... If you stripped every mask, you're in the place of nothingness. No thing. No one thing. Everything. Both are true. That balance is absolutely true and you can work from either end. And I would seriously advise the experience of working from either end. One of the ways that I get into the nothingness is by working with meditation. Marla beads. And I work with, there's a fellow magician who I think is a fabulous magician and I learn a lot from him called E.A. Coetting. And he has channeled a number of magical incantations, that kind of that kind of thing. And I work with one of his, which is it's quite a dark one, but it takes me into the darkness, which is where I'm looking for. And it's Alishtad Alishtalash too. And I do that with the mala beads 108 times and I find myself stripping away the masks and getting into the deeper place of nothingness which is also a place of all power it's the place of the nun in ancient Egyptian it's the place of oh what's it called Ginun Gagap in Norse magic it's the void it's the nothingness it allows you to look through the eyes of the darkness where the whole creation comes from in the first place. So as a magician, I'm always looking into the void, but working in going into the place of being, I can look through the void at that experience. So applying this idea that chaos magic holds, that if everything is real, nothing is real must also be true. Everything that society holds as real, I hold as an illusion. And therefore I can change and transmute either myself or anything else. For more on that particular hermetic principle and indeed all the others, we wrote a book called Unlock Sigils and Service Towards Chaos Magic and Sorcery for Beginners, there where we work in ancient Egypt with some of those principles. So you know, have a look in there for for more on there because obviously it's not on the hermetic principles. So the, this belief that all agreement reality is illusion and what i mean by agreement reality is there are areas of human reality that we would all agree is true in order to be able to communicate and live with each other okay 
and what we're saying is that's an illusion and comes from i hate this word the science of how our brains work now what i mean by i hate this word is i mean i hate that concept that somehow it fits into the scientific model because it the scientific model is a latecomer it doesn't define everything but looking at this from this point of view is i perceive the world around me with my senses so at the moment um, if i put my hands on the desk in front of me there is an illusion that I can feel the desk in front of me, the wood table. But actually we know for sure that the senses, um, sensory conduits, if you like, in my fingers, on my skin, that send information to the brain, and my brain and my mind interpret that information. And it's the same with all the rest of my senses. If I put coffee on my tongue as I'm drinking, there's an illusion that I can taste the coffee, but the truth is that information is sent via a conduit, an electrical conduit to my brain and my mind. If I see something my eyes don't see, my ears don't hear, my nose doesn't smell, that's all information that goes to the brain and the mind, and therefore everything is created in my mind. So to me, within my own, own head, there is no objective world. There is only the world that I have perceived. Now, it may be true that there's an external reality. I don't have any problem with that idea. The problem that I do have is I don't have the ability to perceive it, and it's the problem we all have. So, in effect, our relationship with all that there is can only come from the inside. We are the, at root, the creators of that, and then that's affected by our unconscious minds and our backgrounds, our childhood, our culture, our belief systems, etc., etc. This is the core of illusion and the grand opportunity of chaos magic, because if we're starting from that point, then if I am experiencing an external reality that I now no longer choose consciously, I can change it. I just change the filters. I just perceive the world differently. It becomes different. The change within me alters how I interact with the world and how it interacts with me. As a chaos magician, at least as I'm operating some form of magic or otherwise, this is done consciously. It's the core of manifestation. It's the core of creating the life that I choose. Now, of course, as soon as I say I've done this consciously, I've also done it unconsciously because of polarity. So we dig deep into this in our blog, Is Magic Real? that I'm sure April has put up by now, as I'm obviously not on the same page here. So what is chaos magic? The great unmanifest. In our star magic series, we dig into the ancient Egyptian concept of the nun. And in our work with Norse magic, we dig into Ginnu and Gagap, which again is the nun. It's the unmanifest, the dark void of chaos. And within it lies infinite potential. The womb of primal yin energy. The nun is the material that reality is created from. 
the gin un gagap is the material that reality is created from. Through the power of observation, we have the ability to cause the nun to take shape. So in effect, you have the void. One way of looking at it is it's the most extreme part of our unconscious. And as we move along the polarity further and further away from it, it remains unconscious, but there's more consciousness in the unconscious till we get to the point that we could talk about the hive mind, the collective mind of humanity, sort of at the top end, if you like, of the half of the experience that is unconscious so there's a lot of it that is conscious but it still believes itself all to be real and then you get to that point where you can flip it on its head and it becomes the whole of consciousness looking through me so I am the whole of consciousness by that point when you flip it on its head because if one pole's real so is the other now if you like the hive mind, the collective humanity, the mind of collective humanity is the individual looking into the everything, looking into the consciousness. But actually, when you flip it on its head, it is the everything looking through the individual. Both are true, and we have access to both. Chaos magic, if you like, teaches us how to impose our will upon this unformed substance, the nun, the void, the ginan gagap. With our observation and intention, we become the yang energy, that which motivates the universe into shape. As a magician in my power, I cause it to take from and take form in the image I demand. For the full discussion on the nun and how it relates to the magic of ancient Egypt, check out our book, Dream Temples and Star Magic, and also our last book on ritual magic and how to do that via sun magic and Norse magic. There's a discussion of how these things work. So, seeing belief as a mask of reality. So far we've discussed that reality is, is best fluid. If you like an, an hallucination. Or, as April tells me, if I was American, I would say, a hallucination. It's great how English works, isn't it? Um, there's a nice little polarity. It's an hallucination in the senses that I am interpreting all of my senses, my physical senses, in my brain, in my mind. And also I'm shaping them with past experiences, what I believe or don't believe. Society's influence, family's influence, background, and the information coming down my bloodlines from my ancestry. So this gives us the ability to work with beliefs as if they were just tools. If nothing is true, a belief is a tool. This idea is both powerful and liberating. And as I've said to you before, I deliberately did um, an experiment a whole number of years ago where I decided to believe a whole lot of things. And I gave myself three rules. One, I could only believe them one at a time. Two, I could only 
believe them for three weeks. And three, it couldn't just be a thought. I actually had to live the belief really strongly. So I became a Catholic. And for three weeks I went to church, I did confession, I was the most active member in the local area. And then I changed belief and I stopped. And I joined a political party. And for three weeks I was the locally the most active, fervent of the organisation, locally at least. And then I stopped and I meditated with uh, Buddhist monks, I think. And again, very actively took part in it. And this continued over a six-month period. Every three, three weeks I would change a belief system because I was doing an experiment. And the experiment was really, really fascinating. What it showed me was whichever belief, whichever mask, if you like, that I call a mask, a belief as a mask I put on, whichever one... I was working with made reality or my experience of reality completely different and that was a very powerful place to be. Imagine the magician card from the tarot as one arm pointing up to the heavens and the other to the earth stands in front of the altar and on the altar are a range of magical symbols like in the tarot yeah and tools so imagine that many of them are masks on the altar too masks of belief mask of reality i don't know norse magic ancient egyptian magic pagan magic christianity socialism capitalism Nihilism, romanticism, so politics, philosophy, science, political ideas, spirituality, religion, magic, they're all there. And what I do is I take a mask off the table and I put it on my face and I work within the structures of that system in order to experience what it is I'm choosing. So, one with the universe. The Buddhist mask may be interesting. Unconditional love, Catholicism and Mother Mary may be interesting. Freedom to be a magician in the way that I choose, independent of anybody else's opinion independent of anybody else's ideas of what is right and what is wrong and what is good magic and what is bad magic. I may go with the chaos magic mask because I am expressing a way of thinking through a mask right at this moment. So belief itself and the principle of polarity. So all belief systems follow the principle of polarity in one way or another. The Buddhists, connected to the whole universe, not connected to the whole universe. The Christians, connected to God, connected to evil. These are the polarities that we work with, yeah? And you'll find them right across magical workings and magical grimoires and writings. And what's really interesting about them is if you look at many of those magical writings, actually what you'll find is a description of one end of the polarity usually in very moralistic terms this is good this is bad you shouldn't do this you shouldn't think this blah 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 so each has its own right and wrong good bad 
real unreal because every single mask of reality is congruent they all work it's not like only one works and the other doesn't and they kind of need each other it's in the dichotomy that everything operates so if you were to wear one of the masks follow its rules and actively live as if it was true then you could choose to experience whatever the central beliefs were of that particular mask. It's not that it's right or wrong. It's not that there's some kind of out ultimate reality out there that says your belief system is right or your belief system is wrong. They're all illusion and yet they all work. It's about choice. And it may be choice that you follow your whole life down a mask. Or it may be choice that you ch switch and change and switch and change, depending on the experiences that you're choosing to create. The point is that you can use any mask to create the quality or experience you choose. And when you finish that experience, you can cast it aside and you can wear another mask or you can go into the place of being. And I was going to say, and not wear a mask at all. But as soon as I say that, of course, that's creating a mask. And that's an interesting set of polarities. Reality, then, is not just a thought or a belief. It's a lived experience. It's through thought, word and deed, or desire, will and action, played out together that you realize the key to your spiritual power. There's not an independent place where you can ob objectively assess 100% whether this is real, not real, true, not true. There's only wearing another mask when you do that. So from a scientific point of view, if you were seeking that objectivity, scientific objectivity, when looking at reality, as soon as you do, you wear a particular mask and you lose the objectivity. You start by saying the only way to test whether reality is real is to test whether reality is real in external conditions that are copyable by other people. And it's a good idea in terms of researching something. There's no question there, but the truth is... It is a belief itself, which, and an experience itself, which by its nature is illusion. Can we use it? Oh, yes. Should we use it? I don't really like going with shoulds, but it seems pretty wise. Should we be tied to it as the only way of experiencing reality? Not me, my friends. Because as soon as I do that within any system, I am entering into some kind of victimhood that says that is more powerful than me that idea somebody else's idea is more powerful and has more relevance than my experience that if i experience as i have all my life experience the world via working with spirit or via when i was younger not so much working with spirit but just experiencing spirit around and other people said that's not true. It's just an illusion you're just playing. Or there's something wrong with you and you need this to hold on or whatever it may be, depending on the wise observer. The whole thing here 
is really, really powerful in that that observer is wearing a mask of illusion themselves. They're saying that you, the only way to understand reality is that it's externally testable, but the truth is there is no external testable experiment that you can do on that belief. You are starting from a faith place. This is the only way you can know reality. And you can't test that. You've got to have faith that that's true in order to make that work. And that's why it's giving away power. So a lot of that we've discussed in a deeper place in article our blog ritual magic is the practice of trading energy for time or luck is in that ritual magic blog that i mentioned earlier on so the so belief itself is an impermanence so most belief systems held by religion or traditional societies would have us believe that beliefs are fixed immutable and permanent like we've just been discussing once your beliefs are established, you build your life on them and never change them, and that is the logic of it. And I remember, just as my grandmother was dying, years ago, I sat with her and she looked quite peaceful. So I said, Gran, have, um, have you talked to anybody about dying? I mean, recently, obviously. And she said, yes, dear, I have. And I said, do you want to talk now? Do you want to express how you feel? And she said, no, dear, it's not necessary. I have my beliefs. Now, we, for her, were Christian. But it's not that even then that beliefs are wrong. They, you know, the fact that they're fixed and immutable and, imper and permanent in some particular system, Christianity, for example, isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's just... They ain't necessarily so. The opposites are also true from this particular way of thinking. So what we did was we did another form of chaos magic, although I'm sure she would never call it that. As she passed, I worked into the, in the Christian way of being. And as she passed over, I journeyed with her through the other realms. And she was a little bit worried at first. No, you've got to go back. And I said, don't worry, I'm safe. But obviously I hadn't told her that I knew how to do this. And directly took her to the Garden of Gethsemane. Because that's her belief structure. That is absolutely appropriate to work with other people's belief structures in that kind of way. It's not right or wrong, but it's certainly appropriate. And she's my grandmother. And of course I was going to keep her in her own belief structure. Because that's where she was happiest. So I took her to the Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane and we caused the angels to descend and help her ascend, that kind of stuff. And is it all true? Yes and no. Because the only truth that I can ever experience is the truth that I create in my own mind. And within that, it is 100% true. Is it the only truth? Of course not you're not going to experience the same thing. Now I could say at the same time, of course, because everything and everybody that I come across in reality, I have created in my mind, so therefore it's true for all of us. But it gets complicated, doesn't it? We craft or select our beliefs as we would with any other tool. You use the right tool to carve a statue and a different tool to paint a painting and another to plant a flower. This kind of pick-up, put-down belief is easier. 
I don't have to convince myself permanently. I only have to convince myself for now. I would not try to convert anyone, including myself, to a permanent belief that I build my life around. And the concept of beliefs are like masks, they're tools, they free us from this paradigm. Chaos magicians wear a belief as long as it's relevant to the magic they wish to work. When you don a mask, you follow its rules and operate within its duality. Through that mask, you project the light of your intention into the darkness of the chaos. The yang energy inspires the unmanifest nun to take shape before you. Magic is the art of organizing reality your way. It's a focus on creating practical changes for ourselves and the world around us. It is a tool for personal growth and a means to create the lives we choose. So how to do chaos magic? As soon as I say this, of course, I'm going to give you a few examples. There isn't a how to do chaos magic. There's many, many, many millions in depth. You know, you can create them, create them, create them. Chaos magic works in stories. The tales we weave for our unconscious minds. Remember from the point of view of inner child work, the unconscious mind or the spirit of the unconscious mind is the inner child. So we weave for our unconscious minds to grab hold of and empower. You can create these stories from any source. Because the unconscious mind, we as adults, everything. We love stories. We are wired that way. We spent thousands of years at night sitting around the fire telling each other stories. It's only recently that's broken down. And yet it still happens to a certain extent. So it allows me to work from different magical systems. I don't know, pagan magic, ancient Egyptian magic, witchcraft, moon magic, sun magic, Norse magic, Greek magic. And it also allows me to work from fiction. Well-written books on magic or folklore have beautifully developed magical systems that you can wear as masks in your own right. So there was the, the horror writer H.P. Lovecraft and reportedly, although all of the magic he wrote about was fictional, the whole system, the whole way of thinking, it works really, really powerfully when a magician works with him. I suggest that we could probably work because it's so much in the collective consciousness with something like Lord of the Rings. There'll be a whole system of working that would create magical tales. And it is something that April and I have talked about developing. But we've got one or two things to do first, I suspect. You can work with mythologies, ancient Greek, ancient Roman, ancient Egyptian, Hindu, ancient Norse, Celtic, whatever it is you want to work with. You can take the mythologies and the lessons of how to work with the magical within the mythology and you work within that system. You can work with angels, demons, gods, whatever. All of them and none of them. And you can work directly from the place that I am God and I create as I stand. All of those are both true and masks reality. All of those are both real and unreal at the same time. For any specific techniques and meditations to empower your magic and speed your journey, pick up our books on magic. Or better still, Join us in what we call the Spiritual CrossFit Gym, or very soon we're changing its name as we develop a new website. 
to the magic of the sun, moon and stars mastermind. So getting it to work, defining the correct volume of energy required. For any magical practice, it's vital to establish the volume of energy required to create the change we wish to see. It takes a specific amount of heat to raise a litre of water to 10 degrees. There is a defined amount of energy needed to lift a 30 kilogram box and a much smaller amount to lift a newspaper. As we define our intention, the outcome we wish to create, it's best to look at what it would take to achieve this task. It could be we are able to do it all in one go. Often magic works that way. Or it might need to be broken down into phases we can manage. This distinction is where clairvoyant skills become incredibly helpful in magical practice. The clairvoyant skills allows you, once you've taken your attention away from your magic, once you're not attached to it and you've got off and done something else and you've left it, I don't know, for a number of days, a week or whatever, with clairvoyant skills you can begin to look in again. Okay. How's that forming? Is it forming okay? Can you do it from pure place of observation that doesn't affect? Well, no, we know that from quantum physics. But you can do it to a certain extent just to give you an idea. And it's very useful to have those skills. And I would talk to you about developing clairvoyant skills, working with your spirit guides, etc. You can even send spirit guides out to look, but it still affects it, obviously. But what? We've done a lot of work around that. We've got courses and books on that. I would seriously talk to you about developing those skills because it adds another level. Otherwise, you're back in faith. We can amass energy in many ways, through meditation, through ritual, through chanting, with breath work. All of those raises energy, but it's primarily achieved through a consistent daily practice. Fill your body with energy to support the belief that we can actually achieve the intended outcome, that we as chaos magicians can project our will into the formless chaos and cause it to materialize as we demand. The other side, of course, is the removal of limiting beliefs. You may choose to work with a belief system in order to create the magic, but if you have semi-conscious or unconscious limiting beliefs, they're going to get in the way. Like, this isn't true, this is wrong, this is evil, magic is wrong. Doing magic for yourself is wrong, doing it for somebody else is right, all of the different stuff that is there in the, in the herd mind. You can think of... Amassing energy like blowing up a balloon. Its key is to remove limiting beliefs and doubts as they take the air out of the balloon. These limiting beliefs undermine our magic by eroding confidence and depleting our forward-moving energy, like chaos magic itself. There are many ways to go about it. In our book and course, Moon Magic and Transformational Meditation, we created an energy recycler in the auric field in Europe and our chemical device that allows you to channel all of the energy of anxiety and doubt into the box and transmute it and change it into your particular power it's a very useful approach forward when we looked at unlocking the power of the inner child we explored how childhood traumas can cause parts of the unconscious mind into a loop reliving these events it's like a 
break off of the part of the of the psyche which operates independently from the psyche but replays in a loop that childhood trauma and until it is transmuted until it is taken back into the main psyche it will manifest versions of that trauma over and over again and that will get in the way of your magic so there's a, a way of just healing with that a way of just bringing that back into your consciousness or indeed a way of transmuting it shaping it and sending it out to work for you but there's a whole range of ways that you can think about but what i would say is get hold of the limiting beliefs gratitude gratitude can be seen as a great starting point for loosening up the grip of negative beliefs in our work we'd love the gratitude work you can find out more about it in the intersection of gratitude and power and what is the most powerful winning moon crescent moon magic we talk about gratitude quite a lot in there but what i would talk about is gratitude is the acceptance of power it's like working with gratitude on obstacles if you start from there you can flip them on their head so i can't do this when you thank for that belief that's showing you that if you think you're working if you think in that way you're working in that way and therefore you can't do it and flip it on its head to so thank you for showing me how to do it the obstacles themselves not only become the path they are the path and they show you the thoughts the feelings the language etc that it is desirable for you to change in order to reach the outcome of your magic it's an absolute gift it's saying okay you're going to imprint your magic on the nun on the void to create a new reality here's what you are doing saying feeling thinking whatever that is an obstacle for that realization of that in magical intention all you need to do is take it to its other pole its other reality I can't do that its other pole is I am doing that I don't believe that its other pole is I believe it and you just work with those ways of thinking and it moves all the limiting thoughts out of the way there is a value in collective believing communities of believers have been important in every faith or belief system through time witches covens and magical societies have taken shape to support their initiates the miasma created by collective believing is like a current in a river it's easier to practice and to grow when in a supported environment as we said earlier chaos magic however is a very much a solo path although it's not entirely true as i've come as i said i've come across witches covens at work t together with chaos magic and there's no reason you can't as soon as i say it's a solo path of course its opposite is true because that's the very nature of chaos magic but at the same time there is a place where most practitioners of chaos magic are solo and there's not really groups of believers overall to join because there's no spe specific beliefs to hold we change beliefs as needed to create the outcomes we choose we follow no specific rules to rally behind but walking alone experiencing the herd mind of regular society can be as exhausting as swimming upstream
to overcome this magic self and spirit April and I and Cassandra and Brittany and Nicole have created the spiritual CrossFit gym as I said we're going to translate that over in the next month or so on a new website to the community and the website and the name change will be the magic of the Sun moon and stars which is the name of our group mastermind we're offering a mastermind community of others treading an independent spiritual path together we hold new courses each month at the moment to build your magical and spiritual practices what we will be doing differently with the new community the magic of the sun moon and stars mastermind is that we will build the mastermind central that we can work together to explore your journey to explore what's challenging what's challenging about your clairvoyant work what's challenging about your magical work what is it we can do to work in a different way or have different ideas in the moment in order to empower your magic and in order to empower your spiritual journey and all the courses that we've designed uh, there's been eight this year we're writing the ninth book at the moment there was a book i wrote a number of years ago that we're going to rewrite and bring out and there's a whole number of other projects are you if you if you join as um, if you subscribe and you join the, the group magic of the sun moon and stars mastermind you will have access to all of our courses in the mastermind itself it's going to be a physical page with a forum and we're looking to see if we can run we believe we can but we're still experimenting uh, webinars directly inside and on that community page and what's been offered there is everything we teach everything we talk about everything you'll have access to completely as a member of that community and also once a month we will run master classes on different spiritual approaches different magical approaches etc etc clairvoyance or whatever and that's the dream we have with that and that is what we're doing and it creates an environment for those people who choose to walk their path independently but yet wouldn't mind connecting with people that think the same to a certain extent so we're there come along and join us at the moment it's the spiritual crossfit gym um, here on facebook that we do the mastermind on Thursday but as I say we're growing we're moving it forward this is why we've introduced stars into our live Facebook videos for this very reason to help move that forward and go from there have a great week everybody and we'll be back here on Sunday at the same time on the same page Ask Spirit.